We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are back, everybody. We took a bye, but no other pod is back. I am Jimmy. He's Dan. Dan, how are your last two weeks? Good. I don't even remember how to do this anymore. I just dropped my microphone, and there's going to be a huge, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's going to be a huge noise in that recording. But it That's is okay. seems like it's been a long time, right? It's been long enough that I forgot my password to Skype that we used to record this and <laughs> had to put it in like 27 times. I thought we were going to have to talk on the actual phone or something. Yeah, my backup plan was we were just going to text back and forth for an hour, and then I was just going to publish a transcript, and uh, people were just going to have to read it. Yeah, so. we just have a blog now. Yep. Well, now that Twitter gave us more characters, we can do that. So. That's right. <laughs> no, uh, thankfully, we uh, we got it all up and running, despite our um, technical difficulties, I guess you could say. But, man, it's good to be back. It feels like it's uh, been forever since we've done this, and, uh, you know, hasn't been a ton of sporting KC news in the last couple of weeks, I guess, but uh, we uh, we had a, a Swope Park game that we haven't got a chance to talk about yet. So uh, what you uh, what you think of that USL final there? Uh, USL final was everything I thought it would be. Um, kind of boring until the last minute, you know, and they kind of gave yeah. it away. So um, what, what are you going to do? I mean, that's kind of how they played all year, and... You know, they gave up goals at the last minute, but they also pulled off some really good games. And I don't know. I don't know. I try not to get too emotional about it because, you know, they are there to help out sporting. But they, I don't know, they just didn't get it done. You know, second year let down again. Yeah, that's that's the tough thing. I mean, I, I think we've talked about this before on, on the pod where, you know, Peter Vermees is on the record pretty much saying that, you know, it's great that Swope Park can get to the USL Cup final and that they've done it two years in a row, even though they haven't won it. Um, but that's not really what he looks at their intended purpose as being. It, it's not to win championships. It's sort of to get players ready for Sporting KC, which I know we've said may be a little disheartening to, to Swole Park fans who have invested, you know, time and energy and money into supporting that team. Um, but, you know, for me, when I hear that, what's almost more concerning is, you know, Swole Park's problems seem to mirror pretty closely what Sporting KC's problems have been, which is uh, putting balls in the back of the net. Um, so I, I'm not sure if... Uh, if really there's there's a ton of players on Swope Park right now, even though some of them are under Sporting KC contracts and technically are on loan, uh, with you know Kevin Oliveira and Carlton Belmar and what have you, um, you know I, I wonder if if even if Peter Vermees says that's their intended purpose, how how well it's it's going, or if they need to, uh, to 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 make some changes, and then that leads me to wondering if maybe that had part of uh, something to do with why Nikola Popovich is no longer the coach. I don't know. What do you think? I, I wondered about that too. Um, and, 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 you know, we, we always talked all year, you know, where the goal is going to come from. Dwyer's not scoring. We got rid of him. No one else is scoring. I mean, it's Carlton Belmar, that guy. It doesn't really seem like it right now. And I also think, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. Clubs aren't built, you know, overnight. We've had this USL team for two years, so while you want it to start churning out some prospects and and really 
giving us some big game changers on the senior team, it's only been two years. I mean, you got Tyler yeah. Pasher on the wing there, just you know, chomping at the bit to get a to get a start for Sporting. You know, it's it's something's happening there, and it's just going to take a little time. Yeah, for sure. I, I think there's a you know, there's there's definitely a lot of value in, in having the Rangers there. And if and if for no other reason, you know, um, getting some of the, the sporting KC players who, who aren't getting regular minutes like a Zendejas, um, more game experience. I think, you know, Zendejas, you know, Melia's got some good years in front of them, but you know, if something happens with Melia or um or Zendejas is able to stick around, I think the experience he's getting at Swope Park's gonna be invaluable when he uh if and when he gets his uh, shot up with the, the senior team at Sporting KC. Uh, so, you know, it'll be interesting. I think that's why when there were sort of rumors about would Swope Park move to Omaha or something earlier this year, that was kind of going around for a little bit, and Peter Vermees shot that down real quick and was like, no, that would <laughs> literally defeat the entire purpose of why we have them. Right. Um, so that'll, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens with, with their coaching search now that uh, – Popovich is out you know they, they've had two coaches in two years now they're gonna have three and three um there have been some rumors Jimmy Nielsen he's no longer with Oklahoma City um see that's uh, interesting that's way too coincidental to just shut down that idea you know what I mean yeah yeah it's that my first thought when I saw that uh, Oklahoma City and Jimmy Nielsen were parting ways and then you know I think it was just a matter of hours later that Sporting KC and Popovich were parting ways you know not that like or excuse me, Swope Park and Popovich. Not that Swope Park and, and Peter Vermees saw Nielsen was available and was like, okay, we're firing Popovich now. But it, you know, the, there's there's that natural connection, obviously, with with uh, Nielsen's ties to Sporting KC. But I saw an interesting uh, tweet from Sam McDowell of the KC Star that I I, I wanted to get your thoughts on. Um, he said he's you know. To quote, I've seen some link Jimmy Nielsen to Swope Park vacancy. Frankly, I'd be surprised. Nielsen left a job with more control than he'd have at SPR. I don't think it's a fit. That's interesting. So what do you, yeah, what do, you, what do you think about that? I mean, I think he might it, not be wrong. That's ex- he's not wrong. I mean, he's down there running Oklahoma City. I mean, they are. he, he had absolutely full control over that team. There was no senior team above him, you know, wanting him to – churn out some players for the senior team um but if he came to swope all that changes and he now just becomes another assistant coach so it kind of almost seems like it kind of seems like a step up but it is absolutely a step down you know what i mean you think coming to swope would be great because you are tied to sporting kansas city but it's it's a step down as far as a coaching career goes yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's it's been made pretty clear that that Peter Vermees has control over what happens um, with with Swope Park, you know. And and I don't think it's ever been like directly said that what Peter says goes. Um, but it's it's been made pretty clear, you know, whenever Sporting KC sends a player down to uh, to Swope Park on loan, you know, that happened with Latif Blessing this year. It happened uh, fairly regularly with with Kevin Ellis before. Um, things got a little weird with him. They'd send him down, and uh, and and they would play. Jimmy Madronda used to be a regular with Swope Park uh, at the beginning of last year, um, and so you know I, I think you're totally right. I'm, I'm guessing that that you know Jimmy Nielsen, the White Puma, has has larger coaching aspir- aspirations than just being um, an assistant. And there, there was so much growth and expansion in USL and new teams uh, popping up over the next few years. I have to believe that he's going to get a shot somewhere where he'll have a little bit more control than he would at Swope Park. And, and maybe um, someone who's sort of looking to more get their foot into the door for coaching might have uh, the opportunity to, to coach at Swope Park. I don't know. Peter Vermees certainly would be a, a good guy to learn from, I would think. Oh, he for sure. To learn. I mean, he played under him, and now he could coach under him. I mean, it, like I said, it would be very interesting to see if he would take a, you know, quote-unquote demotion like that. Yeah, for sure. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we find out something in, in the relatively near future. Then again, two weeks ago I said I wouldn't be surprised if we heard news about Sporting KC roster moves in the next few days, and we're two weeks later and we still haven't heard anything about Sporting KC roster moves. So um, what do I know? I'm just... 
out here talking in, <laughs> into a microphone. I, I, um, I think it's going to, yeah, I think they're shooting for December for sure. I mean, obviously, November's about over, but we got well, some news coming. Yeah, and I wonder, I heard, this was an interesting quote that out from Peter that I wanted to get your thoughts on too, and I wonder, you know, I literally just thought of this right now, but I wonder if this has a connection. He said, because <clears throat> as we all know that Peter is both, the technical director and the head coach of, of Sporting KC. And technical director is basically like your general manager in other sports where they're sort of doing a lot of the roster construction. And they work with the coach, but they're sort of the ones pulling the strings. Well, well since Peter's both, he said recently that during the season, he's more like 10% technical director and 90% coach. Mm-hmm. And then during the off season, he's like 90% technical director and 10% coach. Which, which is an interesting quote, and I almost wonder if maybe the reason it's taking a little bit longer is he just, as he was in this playoff fight, didn't have the, the time to really put on his technical director hat fully and think about, okay, what's the future of this team? And he's had to take a couple of weeks to kind of take a look back at what happened this season and figure out from a technical standpoint, okay, how do we move forward? Whereas other teams, when they have a technical director doing it full time, they don't really have to wait till the offseason to do that. They can kind of be thinking about that as the season's winding down. No, I mean it's it's a. Uh, <laughs> what what was the what was the actual question there? Did you say something? Oh, there's no question. I just oh. was curious. Well, what are your what do you think? You know, it's it's interesting. Do you think that might be a possibility? I I do, and it's a uh, it's kind of a fun, it's kind of a fun role he gets to play. You know what I mean? It's like he gets the best of both worlds. Um, he gets to get out there and yell at the guys and put a strategy together on the field, but then behind the scenes he gets to go. You know, put a strategy together from a club standpoint. I mean, he's got to build that roster. So it's, uh, I don't know, man. He has too much control, and a lot of teams don't don't give that to one guy. You know, they do split those roles right. up. Well, that's what I was going to ask next. Is do you think the the way MLS has evolved over the last couple of years has has the league sort of outgrown the days when someone can do what really is two full-time jobs at the same time is it is it time for sporting kc to think about especially after four straight years of knockout round playoff losses like making a a change and and thinking okay peter you you can be either head coach or you can be technical director but we really need someone doing this 100 percent of the time all the time in each of those jobs instead of 90 and 10 and and then flip-flopping in the off season Man, which one do you choose? I mean, say you gotta say you can only keep him for one of those jobs. Which which one would you rather have him do? I don't know, man. That's I mean, that's tough. I I love him as a coach. He's he's you know got that fire and that intensity and and make sure his players are so fit. And and to be clear, if if he picked one or the other, or if the ownership told him to pick one or the other, I don't. You know, he wouldn't have not he wouldn't have you know zero to do with whichever one he didn't choose. But um. I mean, it was Taylor Twellman actually before the Columbus game earlier tonight. He was talking about this, and he was like, you know, you kind of want someone who's doing 100% of the technical director job and 100% of the coaching job all the time, and, and maybe you're shortchanging yourself if you if you don't do that. So Who was he know, referring just, to? To Peter Vermees. Oh, he was, he was talking, talking about, about him tonight? Yeah, he was talking about Peter's quote directly. Interesting. Um, I don't know how that came up before Columbus, yeah. Toronto. But uh but I, I came out and, and they were talking about that, uh, and and so I just I don't know it, that that got me thinking. Um, I don't know maybe he's got a point. Um, I, I I don't I, I it's not that I, if I could clone Peter Vermees and have two of them and one does technical director and one does gen, uh, does head coach, I think I'd do that. It's uh, just I can't imagine a world without him doing both. I mean, it seems really weird to even consider. It does, um, and and I don't know that it would work necessarily. It's just you know food for thought, and I, I certainly don't think anything's going to happen anytime soon with them taking you know one of the roles away from him. Um, if another year comes, you know, hopefully not, and we have another disappointing early playoff you know knockout round loss, then maybe we start thinking about that a little bit more. But I don't know. It's just an interesting hypothetical I heard earlier today. So. Yeah. Just thought I'd uh, I'd throw that out there. Um but there was uh was a couple of uh, little tidbits of good news over the last couple of weeks for Sporting KC. A couple of uh, award winners. Uh, Ike yeah. won uh, defender of the year and Tim Milia won goalkeeper of the year. And I think we both think that was uh both were much deserved, right? Very cool. I mean, I I honestly 
I don't want to say I was surprised by Ike Opara winning that, um, but I, I was more expecting Tim Millia to win his. But the Ike Opara was not a given victory in my in my eyes. Yeah, it. Um, I wanted to think it was a given victory, but I also didn't necessarily. I, I wasn't necessarily convinced it would be. Um, but I mean, I'm just. I'm so happy for both of these guys it's because so they're cool. two. They're two of the nicest guys you could ever meet. Hardest working um, guys, too. Oh, absolutely. And when you think about both of their stories, I mean, Ike, he set a uh, a career uh, high for, for minutes played and games played this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just last year he was contemplating retirement after another terrible knee injury. Um, I mean, and he, he seriously said, like, I, I was, you know, just a, you know, a, a split decision away from just calling it quits and and thankfully he didn't and he was able to come back and have you know a hell of a year especially when you consider he's only making like a hundred and fifty thousand dollars yeah he's very underpaid yeah and and he's not that old he's like 27 maybe no he's not Um, he just i think the injuries were discouraging him and uh you know he all he said he did to fix this year was he he changed his diet he started eating better than he was and as a soccer player, I, I, almost at, at any athlete, I mean, that's everything. You have to fuel your body for the, the, the activity you're taking part in. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, credit to, to Sporting KC's training staff. They, uh, they've they been able to obviously stick with him and help him get back to where he was. And his only injury scare this year, you know, it, it was a head injury, so that's scary in its own right. But fortunately, it wasn't another uh, leg injury, really. A um, non-contact leg injury, yeah. Yeah. I mean, anytime you see a player go down with a non-contact leg injury, you know it's going to be bad because it's probably mm-hmm. an ACL or an MCL or Achilles. something that's going to, yeah, it's going to take forever to come back from. So I still get nervous a little bit whenever Ike goes to ground and he's, like, grabbing his leg. And I know sometimes right. he's trying to get, you know, a, a call, but... Every time he does it, I'm like, oh, no, not again. Not Ike, please. Is that ever going to pass, though? Will we ever stop feeling like that because he's had such season-ending injuries mm-hmm. in the past? I don't think so. I think I'll I'm always going to always do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I cringed even, you know, when he, when he came back after missing, like, one game with a head injury. Yeah. I cringed for, like, five straight games every time he went up for a header. <laughs> so I was like, no, oh, I, yeah. please be safe. Right, don't um, head the ball, just chest it. <laughs> yeah, and he was wearing that funky, like, crazy headband. To, yeah, the, so to try the Peter to Che headband head. or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, I c- couldn't be happier for Ike. He's such a fun fun guy. Yeah, um, very and, and Tim Melia, I mean, think about how crazy this is. Just, you know, in t- 2015, that's, you know, just barely three seasons ago, mm-hmm. he was... He was essentially just off being an MLS pool keeper and was on the bench behind Luis Marine, who was Sporting KC's starting goalkeeper. Yep. And now, fast forward just a couple years, and he's MLS goalkeeper of the year with the best um, goals allowed uh, numbers in the entire league. And I didn't mean, he win comeback player of the year um, in 2015? Uh, he... You know, he may have actually. Um, and he's like, I really don't yeah, think did. I was comeback player. He's like, I, I mean, I was a pool goalkeeper. I didn't. I'm not really coming back <laughs> from anything, you know. Yeah, he won. Uh, he won MLS Comeback Player of the Year in 2015. He won Man of the Match in the 2015 U.S. Open Cup Finals. Yeah. He won Player of the Tournament in the 2017 U.S. Open Cup, and then won uh, MLS Goalkeeper of the Year this year, and was Sporting KC's MVP. That's big time, so, man. That's that's a big time story that I that I hope is just beginning to be written. Yeah, he's only thirty one. He's oh. got. I mean, that's that's young for a keeper. That's like prime, like beginning to enter your prime for a keeper. See, and we can flash back to the national team picture for Tim Melia. I know you said that they're they're trying to look for a more younger, long term goalkeeper, but I mean, come on, Tim Melia. What I mean, how old was Tim Howard when he finally left the true. national team? I mean, is he thirty nine, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, 38, 39, something like that, yeah. So, I mean, Melia's yeah. 31 years old. It's like there's no reason he shouldn't have been in that, that game in, in Portugal. Well, yeah, yeah, especially when uh, with that goal that Horvath allowed. Um, that which was bad, yeah. We'll, we'll get to in a bit. But, um, but the dude's but got yeah. promise, and I think he could really make a difference in there. And if, if anything, it'll be good for him to get some minutes with the team. Oh, 
100%. I mean, think about this. So from 2012 to 2014, he was with Chivas USA mostly and, and made six appearances over three seasons. Mm-hmm. From 2015 to 2017, the same time frame, 81 appearances with Sporting KC. Jesus. I mean, just it's it's nuts. And, um, you know, just like Ike, Tim is one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. It's funny because he's kind of superstitious too. Like yeah. whenever the, uh, the team does like their dress-up days, he's like, no, man, got to wear my suit. Like I always wear the suit to the stadium. So yeah, because he didn't didn't they all try to dress up like different Russell we- Russell Westbrook outfits or something? Yeah, yeah. And he didn't all... even take part in that. No, I don't know where that came from, but yeah, they they all uh, dressed up as Russell Westbrook. I don't well, know they why, did it because but... West Westbrook broke a broke a record that night, like the night before. Or something. Oh, did he? Yeah. Yeah. See, this I... is what ha- I'm coming from L.A. and how bad the Lakers have been recently, and I'm. I just I don't even you don't even follow NBA (laughs) no no so Kansas City got an NBA team I might follow but yeah no chance no (laughs) (laughs) so uh so yeah that was that was definitely the 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 happy news over the last couple weeks for Sporting KC the other interesting thing and I don't know how much weight there is to this or not but uh the the interesting uh rumor that came out uh over the last couple of days really is um there there was sort of this rumor that liga Emekis giants club america were were going after diego rubio Dude, um, i saw and, that and this this came from uh, a commentator on, on univision ivan uh, zamorano i don't know if i'm saying his name right or not zamorano but, uh, it's probably zamorano probably hispanic of some sort yeah univision yeah. univision um, look, we're doing bad accents again. <laughs> hey, mine, mine was pretty <laughs> we're good. Gonna, no. We're gonna, yeah, I'm gonna offend somebody. Um, <laughs> so that's that's interesting because you know Club America's a, a a pretty giant team down in in Mexico, and uh, you know Rubio's only 24. He's he's not very old, and uh, I think maybe some Sporting KC fans are, are a little jaded about him because he, uh, he, he came in as a young DP and, had, you know, so many people love Dom. It's really hard to fill his shoes in the eyes of fans. So Right. I, 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 I'm, I'm always kind of confused how Sporting KC fans really look at Diego. When I when I first heard this, I, I was <laughs> I first said, cool, sounds good. Let, <laughs> let him go. Let's, let's get a little money out of it or something. Yeah. But then I then I thought, you know, Diego can be a good striker in this league. I mean, maybe not, I don't know. It's also going to be if the price is right. I mean, if they're really if they're really wanting him, then let's get that money. Right. Yeah. And and so Peter's always been a uh, a, a buy low, sell high type of guy. Mm-hmm. Um and and yeah, and I think if anything this year we learned that anyone on the roster is is up for grabs if the price is right um oh yeah you know because i think a lot of a lot of people didn't think that we'd ever see sporting kc without dom and even though there were rumors swirling around obviously we we did so right but should the price be right for diego i mean from club americas it, it's okay we're totally like make it we're whitewashing the name right isn't it club club america isn't it, uh, it's out there somewhere? <laughs> We're like Club America, uh, America. But no, it, from their standpoint, is that something? Is that a transaction they should be going after? Should they make that? Uh, I, I I don't know honestly enough about them to you know. I, I would guess they're not going after him as a uh, as a starter. Um, he's probably a, a you know a depth player, a sub off the bench. Maybe right. I don't know. Maybe maybe they see something in him. Um, that a lot of sporting KC fans don't, um, you know, and to be fair to Diego, if you really start to, to break down, um, the, the, the limited minutes that he has had with sporting KC, he's, he's scoring at a a pretty good clip. Uh, I mean, if you look at this year, um, Rubio scored one goal about every 168 minutes he played, um, Dom Dom was scoring one goal every 250 minutes. That's that's pretty much an entire game more, um, which is a lot. And and then uh, 
Blue Testament, Chad Smith over at the Blue Testament. I saw him uh, put this together. Diego Rubio this year, his six goals in, in 1,010 minutes played is, is the third best goals to minute ratio uh, Sporting KC's had in the last six years, only behind Kai Kamara in 2013 before he was sold and Dom's 22 goal season in, in 2014. Wow. So, I mean, he's not flashy, but maybe, I don't know. I started reading that and I was like, you know, maybe, maybe there's more to Diego than a lot of sporting KC fans and, and myself included really even realize and and maybe club America, club America, however you say it, maybe that's what they see. I don't know, man. Maybe. I mean, let's, I just, if that, if they want him, I say, give them to him and, and let's, let's use that money along with all that sweet, sexy Tam and gam and get, get someone big. You know what I mean? Bring in a striker. Yeah. Bring yeah. And Rob Heineman. Overseas. Rob Heineman already said that they're going to invest in a number nine and a number ten, and of course, a number nine is is that striker. And right, uh, you know, this probably, do, yeah, this probably doesn't help uh, Rubio's value. But when uh, at, at media day, when when Vermees was asked if there was a player on the roster to solve uh, Sporting's goal scoring woes, he just said, "Nope, yep. no, there's not." So yeah, um, that's what he said. Obviously, Peter doesn't think that Rubio can be that full time striker, at least not right now. So. I don't know. It'll. I, I. I don't know how much weight to really put into that rumor, um, especially because apparently um, Ivan Zamorano is supposedly Diego Rubio's godfather. So either that means he's got really good information, or maybe he's trying to do a little like uh, contract ploy there for his godson. Who knows? That's that's speculation. But oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, there hasn't been uh, any sort of official confirmation or denial that I've seen from Club America. Well, I didn't um, know that Godfather thing. Now I'm just, now I'm kind of the, pissed that that's even news. Like, what? That, what that's the heck? from, uh, yeah, I, I saw that uh, from, from Daniel Sperry, courtesy of Last Word on Sports. So, oh, my uh, gosh. Well, uh, we'll see. I don't know. We'll keep an eye um, on it, I guess. Yeah. We'll, we'll probably start seeing, I, I said this two weeks ago, but I'm pretty confident now, we'll probably start seeing some more roster news come out uh, in the near future for Sporting KC. So, oh, definitely. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll stay on that. Um, hey, let me ask you this now. With, with the roster moves we're talking about, you, you got an expansion draft around the horizon. I mean, LAFC is going to get to come in and pick five players. Is that correct? I believe so, yes. So, I mean... Let's ass- and you can only take one player from one team. Like you can't take multiple players from a team. Correct. Let's say they take someone from Sporting, and you know I think without naming names, we th- we you know you're allowed to protect eleven guys from getting drafted, and I think we all know those eleven or or you know close to. If you're LAFC, do you see anyone on Sporting that's worth taking? You know that's a good question. Um... Because you think you're going to protect Failhaber, Beasler, Zussi. You know that core group of guys, Melia, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, Do they take a side Abdul Salam, maybe? You know, that's 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 kind of someone I was looking at. I I think... I'm trying I'm trying to do some math in my head real quick. What's up, Splinter? That's so <laughs> um, maybe a Mustavar? I don't know. Yeah, I was kind of thinking, okay, let's look at you know someone like a, a, a Mustavar... Um, you know they they can't protect all these guys. So Saad, that's a risky one, man. If you don't protect Saad, because if I'm LAFC and I'm sitting there and I'm like, hey, I'm building a team. I need some guys who have some experience. I see a six four, you know, right back who who can you know make some things happen in the attacking third. That's that's pretty tempting. Um, Saad Saad might be a guy that if they don't protect. There, 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 there may be some interest there. Um, I, I don't know if I see anyone else, really. Do you protect they... younger guys? Do you invest in your future? Do you hang on to shallow? Wait, can they take homegrown players? They cannot take homegrown players. That's right. Those, okay. are, those are automatically protected. So, uh, shallowy, um, you know, Gianluca Buzio. Buzio. Um, what about Eric Palmer Brown, though? EPB is a homegrown player. I don't think they would probably take him because he's off to Man City. Um, 
I don't know. Yeah, I don't think they could take him anyway because he's a homegrown status and he's young mm-hmm. enough that that he still would have that. Um, so I think that's not a concern there. Gotcha. Um, I don't know if like do I don't know if they protect someone like Diego Rubio. He might be on that cusp of like you know you got to protect people like Ilya. You got to protect Beasler, Zusi, Benny, Espinosa, Espinosa, Amelia. So I don't know. Once you start adding these players up. Um, Latif, Gerso, I'm sure they're they're protecting. Oh, absolutely. Some, someone like Rubio, you might start getting down to that ninth, tenth, eleventh spot. So um, Rubio or or Saad, Abdul Salam, I think would would be the two that probably they'd have most interest in. I would guess, but um, I could see that knows. happening. Yeah, it, that'll that'll be interesting. Um, even if no one is taken from Sporting KC sort of watching who they protect and who they don't protect may sort of give us some clues as to like who's really in the team's long-term plans and who maybe they're just going to keep around for another year or so if they need them and then move on. Absolutely. Because um, if they don't protect them, then they clearly aren't that attached to them. Right. They're not that so, important at all. Yeah. So, no, that's a good point. Good call. I think that the uh, expansion draft is supposed to happen like three or four days after oh, the MLS yeah, Cup dude. final. It's so soon. It's crazy. I mean... <laughs> Heck, it feels like it was forever until t- we had the uh, MLS Cup playoffs again, but finally they were back tonight. Um, I mean, it's crazy. You're going to have MLS Cup, then you're going to have that draft, and then a month and a half later you're going off to Arizona for pre for uh, preseason, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's nuts. And, uh, and I'm sure all throughout that offseason we're going to be uh, – going to be hearing all about new signings and acquisitions. So. Oh, yeah, it's going to get it, exciting. It, it'll be super fun. Yeah. Um, Especially since Sporting KC is going to have a new facility they can show off to help in their recruitment of players. They will. The the long With, acronym that I don't remember what it stands for. The uh, NTCDC, National Training and Coaching Development Center. Yeah, um, that's the one. Yeah, which is, uh, it's going to be, it's kind of a cool uh, facility. It's going to be sort of dually used by U.S. Soccer and Sporting KC. Um Dude. It's going to become the the permanent training ground of Sporting KC. Oh, it looks is... absolutely awesome. I mean, they're going to have, like, you know, coaching training classes there, and I, I think maybe even referee training classes and stuff. Yeah, there's there's going to be so, – so Peter's been working with U.S. soccer on this for a little while, and, and Peter's obviously a, a former U.S. national team player, and, and he's very passionate about the future of U.S. soccer, and there's been t- links and, and ties of – would he ever take the uh, national team job, which we haven't heard much about. But um, even if he doesn't and stays with Sporting KC, he wants this to be not just a place that Sporting KC can use, but a place where it can help soccer in general in America. And like you said, that, that's everything from not just the training, but getting better referees, which God knows we all need, and, uh, and better coaches. And, and there's going to be literal refereeing and, and coaching classes and, and dorms for people to live in and learn the game from morning till night, which is really cool. Oh, yeah, man. And this place looks sweet, too. I mean, I know there's a big write-up in the Kansas City Star about it, and there's also a video uh, out there on SportingKC.com, or, or it might be attached to the Kansas City Star website, but Peter Vermees is, like, giving, a, a, giving this cameraman a tour of the place, and it's like... It's like a six-minute segment, and he goes all the way to, you know, there's going to be a pool with, like, a treadmill in the pool, you know, to help recovery, and he, he one of the most interesting things to me was, well, there are two interesting things, actually. There, there's no, oh, you are, better <laughs> knock it off. They, uh, uh, he said there's no hiding around, you know, everyone's going to see everyone, there's no... There's only one way to get to a certain place. I mean, everyone, you know, he, he wants it to be more friendly and social rather than right. like someone going off, going off and hanging in the corner. And then the other aspect was he opened a door and he's like, and you're on the pitch. It's right there. There's no walking across a parking lot like out at Swope to get to the training pitch. You just step out the door and you're on it. And it's and it's got what they're calling a uh, a super pitch, which is like three full-size yeah. soccer fields side by side by side. And what's what's the craziest about those is they're going to be fitted with 
like fiber optic connections that are going to be able to produce real-time video for players and coaches to review on the sidelines and a sky cam that stretches all across the three fields. So like they could be like literally being out there and, you know, traditionally they may be practicing and then you got a film session after and you're watching and you're like, Oh, next time I got to do this better. And you try to remember it. Well now, because of all this crazy technology, they could be like practicing on the field and a coach could call someone over and be like, Hey, take a look at this. Look at this TV we got right here. And they can have instant video of what they just did and be like, Hey, we got to correct this. Let's go work on it again, which is like mind blowing. cool. Big time. I think it's a game changer. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think when, uh, when Peter Vermees was, was sort of asked, you know, how this compares to, to other clubs in MLS, um, and, and or even clubs around the world, I mean, he, he said back in, in March at, at an earlier tour, he goes, these facilities will blow clubs away and, and that we sometimes have these perceptions that clubs around the world all have facilities like these. Well, I've, I've been to clubs around the world and they don't. So, That's when, so cool. when, when you bring in a recruit from you know Spain or, or what have you, another country, and they're looking at like a literal state-of-the-art world-class facility, it's it's. I can only think it's going to just make recruiting top-class players that much easier, um, which is exciting as a fan. Oh, big time. I mean, I almost wish they, they had it open to the public. I mean, it's going to be so, you know, private, but it, uh, you know, as me, I, I play recreationally. I almost wish they'd get a rec league going on or something, you know? <laughs> I wonder if they will do tours. That'd be kind of cool. Uh, hopefully they will, let the public kind of get a peek in. And I mean, they do... I think they're starting to do tours of uh, Children's Mercy Park a bit more now. Um, well, and they're doing, so. uh, you, you get a tour of the training center. Um, it was like one of the season ticket member perks. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. So next year they're, they'll do tours for uh, like early early renewal rewards, they call it. Oh, God, that's so cool. Yeah, it's yeah, kind of This place is going to be, this place is going to be phenomenal. Um, you know, I'm curious to see... Uh, how much the the U.S. national team uses it for like their senior team training? Because right now they all train out in uh, in California whenever they have a camp. But I mean, yeah, I gotta believe that whatever they're wherever they're training out there is not gonna be as cool as this. So yeah, hopefully, very true. Uh, hopefully it'll help you know reinforce Kansas City as soccer capital of America. I think so, so man. We'll, we'll see. It's big time. Um. So do you have anything else about Sporting KC you want to say, or should we switch out to uh, some broader MLS news? You know, I think it's time to uh, to branch out. I think the sporting news, is we, we covered it. Well, uh, the biggest shocker, I guess you could say, of, uh, of MLS was Portland and Caleb Porter. That seemed like it was maybe a, a match made in heaven, but I guess not because they're, uh, they're no longer together. Um the year that Portland finishes uh, first place in the West, and uh, now they have parted ways. That's Caleb so Porter weird. doesn't have a, another job lined up, and Portland doesn't have another coach yet. But um, yeah, I don't. I'm not really sure what happened there. That's have weird. Have you seen anything? You would think that Caleb Porter had something lined up. It's like, okay, yeah, oh, he's parting ways because he's going to go, you know, build a, a new program or something. Maybe a I don't know about a USL side or anything like that, but well, I saw you know I guess he's from Ohio, and so some people sure. are like, hey, FC Cincinnati, they're if they come out to MLS, they're going to need a coach. Maybe he can go there. But everyone around FC Cincinnati has pretty much shot that down like vehemently. Right. So I, I don't I don't know. I, I did see that some people said there might have been some friction between Porter and the front office, like he wanted more control and. They didn't really want to give it to him. Maybe he's jealous of Peter Vermees and wants to be a technical director, too. I don't know. Um, it's definitely weird, man, because, like, like you said, they had a great season and really caught stride at the end there. And, you know, they just won the uh, MLS Cup in 2015. So I, I don't get it. It's not like they've been a bad team. No, not at all. Um but you know what this what this does do, which which I think this is interesting, um, is I think it, it it makes me appreciate the longevity that Peter Vermees has had with Sporting KC that much more, uh, because Caleb Porter was the third longest tenured coach in MLS with 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 one team, um, 
he went to I want to say it was 2013 that he went to uh, to Portland. Um, well, yeah, 2013 was his first season with Portland. Peter Ramiz has been with Sporting KC since what 08 09. Yeah. Um, the only other coach that's been with their current team since uh, anywhere close to that has been Olsen with DC. Ooh. Other than that, every I was going to have you have me guess, and I wouldn't have guessed that. Oh, <laughs> who are you, who would you have guessed? I don't know. It would have taken me a minute, and we would have wasted time. <laughs> so I'm glad you just said it, and now I wasted time by saying that. So no, it's okay. <laughs> uh, the only all the other coaches um, haven't been with their current team uh, any any longer than than 2014. So which I mean, the, the, it's it's just I don't know if that's how just MLS is going to go from from here on out that coaches are only going to last a few years and then move on or or what um but it, it's cool that that Peter's been able to stick around as long as he has I think yeah I think he really got attached to it when he played here and you know pretty much started a family here right yeah and and I don't know it's kind of where his heart is and and I think uh I think he'll be here for as long as we'll have him which would probably be as long as he'll have us yeah, I, I honestly think, you know, the only job I could see him maybe leaving for would be that U.S. national team job. Um, yeah. And and I say that only because, you know, when people have asked him about it, he hasn't exactly denied that he'd be interest, he had, uh, interested no, in the job. Not at he all. hasn't said that, yeah, I'd take it. But, you know, he said things like, yeah, if U.S. soccer calls, you're going to take that call. Absolutely. So, um, but he's, he's still got another year on that contract. Yeah. So they'd have to buy him out. So you know what this means is that Caleb Porter is the new U.S. Men's National Team coach. Oh God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Please no. I I can't. Never. You know, he might be a good coach. I just you know, that that dude. He rubs me the wrong way. Um, yeah, so. a little bit. And I don't want to have to think about the Timbers every time I I watch the the men, U.S. Men's National Team. Right. Um, <laughs> so. I don't know. We'll see. That'll that'll sure be uh, interesting to see where, if anywhere, Porter winds up. Because I think the only other open spot right now is Colorado, and I don't think you're going from the Timbers to the Rapids. Like yeah. that's that's a downgrade. Well, I kind of <laughs> I kind of feel like they would have told us already. Like, but nothing nothing's come up. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Seems like uh, Caleb Porter. I don't know. Maybe he's out of soccer for a year and, and takes a year off and comes back and and joins up with the team next year because there's going to be coaches that get fired next season, I'm sure. Right. There were like seven coaches that were fired this year. (laughs) Right. That's like a third of the league. (laughs) That's crazy. And it only took like five games before Jeff Kassar was fired or something like that. So (laughs) there will probably be no shortage of opportunities. Um, But so did did you watch uh, any of, of Columbus Toronto tonight? Since we finally got MLS playoffs back? Um, I saw a little bit of it. I had it on the iPad while I had uh, college basketball on the tube. And uh, I don't know if it was exactly as I imagined the first leg to be. You know, 0-0 and a lot of defense. But, uh, yeah, I kind of figured they'd sit back and then Toronto's just going to lay it on them back at home next week. Yeah, smart for Toronto. I I got this one totally wrong. I thought that... uh, that Columbus would come out uh, fast and, and aggressive and that they'd, they'd harness all that energy from the crowd and the save the crew m- movement and all that. Mm-hmm. I thought they'd get it. They'd grab a quick goal and, and maybe capitalize and get a second one. Cause I thought, okay, the only way Columbus survives a two leg series against Toronto was if they build like a four goal lead in the first game and, and hope to survive kind of like they did against New York city in the second leg. Um, but the, yeah, that didn't happen. That was kind of a kind of a boring game. Uh, reminded me of some of those Western Conference zero-zero draws we saw, which which wasn't very fun to watch. Um, it kind of did. This game, yeah, the, this game that's going on right now, literally as we're recording, been a couple of goals in uh, in Seattle and, and Houston, which doesn't really bode well for Houston, does it? Because Seattle, I think, is up 2-0 now at the start of the second half with uh, two away goals. Yeah, they had uh, – Houston showed some promise. I mean, they uh, – Joe Willis blocked a PK from Nico Ladero. 
Jeez. I, it, it was awesome. I, I but Jaleel Anibaba got a red card and uh, former been, sporting man. Yeah, they've been playing with ten men, so it's a little rough. Did you did you see what he got a red card for? I missed that. It one. was the it was the play that caused the PK. Oh, that gave the penalty. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. So um, yeah, I mean, I thought especially you know that news that came out right before the game that Stefan Fry was not going to be in goal for the Sounders. And I was like, okay, it's lining up for the Dynamo. This is it. They're gonna they're gonna get a, a few goals. Uh, Ellis is gonna get some. Marl Minotas is gonna get some. But uh, you know. There's no no Jordan Morris, no Ozzy Alonso, no Stefan Fry. This is it, and I once again was very wrong. Well, it's <laughs> so. I'd like to say that you know anything can happen. Stranger things have happened. Stranger things have happened, like the you know Barcelona and PSG last year in Champions League. Yep, uh, forgot about that. That was crazy. That was nuts. But then I think, oh wait, they got to go back to Seattle, and that's not exactly an easy place to play. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. And, uh, about 50,000 people out there, you know. Houston's not quite Barcelona. They're not. Um, there, There's no way they come back from this. <laughs> I mean, you'd like to think it's over. Yeah, it's, I, I mean, especially with, with the away goal rule, um, that's, that's going to be a hard one to dig out of. Uh, I don't know. Do you, I've seen a lot of people talk about MLS playoff format. What do you think? Do you like the two-leg rule, or would you rather them go to one, or do you care really? Man, I thought I liked it until, you know, we were having that discussion about it, and and then I'm not so sure I do. Like, the USL Cup fi- uh, playoff structure is, is so much more exciting because, you know, it's a it's one and done, and the higher seed hosts the lower seed, and, and that's that. I, I get why they do it, though. I get that they, you know, they want every team to have a home game. So yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of with you. I thought I liked it, too, and I was kind of indignant about it. I was like, no, it's it's good. Both teams got a home game, and, you know, two games is a better sample size than one game, so, you know, we're going to make sure that the better team wins because over two games it's more likely. And and then, you know, I've been watching this year, and really that first game, a lot of time, I mean, this game notwithstanding, most of those first legs this year have kind of been pointless because the the, yeah. the road team in the first game, which is the higher seed, pretty much just sits there and says, okay, we're fine with a 0-0 draw. Just don't score on us. We'll just go back and we'll just beat you at home. And then we've wasted everyone's time because we could have just cut to the chase and had a single See? game at, at that stadium anyway. And I thought that would be the case right here, but Seattle came out and they were like, let's just get it done. Yeah, so... Huh. It, it'll be interesting. I've seen, I think, one, someone from 442 wrote that, you know, it's it's very likely that we'll see some changes in the playoff format. Um, I don't think MLS loves the fact that we had to wait like two and a half weeks between the conference semifinals and the finals. And, and certainly I know fans didn't like it. Like some of us forgot that MLS was still going on. Dude, seemed like. I kind of did. I was like, wait, what? MLS comes back tonight? Where's, yeah. Where'd it go? Yeah, and then they make us wait two and a half weeks, and then they schedule a game so the second game started while the first one was still going on. Right. And I was like, what is going on right now? Like, why? Why would you do that? Like, do you literally want to make it as hard as possible to watch your product? Like, what are you doing? I don't know, man. I don't know how you can go around it. I mean, you, you have the FIFA international window. I mean, that's just the way it is. Yeah, you'd you'd really have to change. I, I mean, I don't know. There, there's there's smarter people than me who've who've come up with some proposals on on how to how to avoid it. Um, I, I don't have any of them in front of me now, but I know I've read some, and I'm like, okay, yeah, it seems like that would work, and I'm sure there's reasons why it would be harder than it sounds. Um, but I, I I wouldn't be surprised if MLS um, takes a look and sees if there's a way to sort of try to work around that FIFA window a bit more. Who knows? I could see them trying. I mean, they're MLS has always been trying to adapt and grow and, you know, roll with the punches and add more teams. And I could see them exploring things. I mean, they, they changed the rules. Remember how PKs used to be and how they, they didn't end games yeah. in a tie? And I mean, it's uh, which that was that was fun to watch, by the way, back in the day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was watching the old YouTube highlights of uh, just like 
MLS 1.0 yeah. running running penalty kicks, and we have like Tony Miola like running out 30 feet from the the goal, and yep. some you know the striker running down at him and trying to do like a chip over his head. It was crazy. <laughs> so fun. Yeah, miss those days of mid 90s MLS with the baggy baggy jerseys and all sorts of crazy stuff. Absolutely. Um, now we like them snug. Now we like to wear them like Abercrombie models. Yeah, I gotta get like a triple XL jersey. It seems to just squeeze my gut in there. <laughs> like I wear like a large and pretty much everything else, and I put on one of those soccer jerseys, and I'm like, holy cow, I gained seventy pounds. Yeah, dude. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> but uh, did you see, by the way? You know, we we've talked about the, all the stuff going on with the Columbus Crew. Did you see the crowd that came out to that? Uh, game in, in Columbus tonight. Yeah, it was sold out, right? Yeah, they came out strong. And the chance of saved the crew all over the stadium, which was super cool to hear. I mean, it was filled. I saw, and, and you know, I don't, I, I would hope that the crew wouldn't do this on purpose, but I saw a lot of tweets where people were saying it took them a lot longer than normal to get into the stadium, and that some people were saying that gates that are normally open were closed. Um, Weird. And, and a and a bunch of people were not in the stadium when when the first kick happened because people it was taking people more than an hour just to get into the stadium. Um, That's crazy. So, yeah, not not a great look. Well, um, I hope they get past Toronto because if Seattle goes to the to the uh, to the finals, I'd I'd like to see Columbus and Seattle instead of Toronto and Seattle. Yeah, I mean they I. I'm betting MLS is probably hoping for a, a Toronto-Seattle rematch for a of couple course. reasons. One, there's there's sort of that natural like, oh, will will Toronto get redemption? Um, yeah, it's two, very marketable. I, I think the last thing MLS wants right now is to have to uh, have another game in Columbus while all this you know potential relocation <laughs> stuff is happening. Right. Because um, that'll just make it come right back into the news. And and Don Garber doesn't seem really to to be helping the situation much. He just seems to be chugging along with Anthony Precourt and, and happy to move the crew to Austin, So, which is unfortunate, I think. It is. I mean, is that is that decided now? Have they, have they said that that's what's going down? I don't think anything official has happened, but I guess um, like the Columbus mayor and, and some city officials flew to New York to meet with Anthony Precourt, who's the crew's owner, and Don Garber, the MLS commissioner, they, they met with them in New York at the MLS offices, and and it was really strange because Precourt put out a statement after, and basically he was like, you know, we had this meeting with with Columbus City officials, and we were we were hoping it would be productive, but they didn't present us any sort of plan, and and they didn't give us anything we want, so you know, it really seems like you know there's there's no path forward there is is a paraphrase of it, and and my Jeez. first thought is. Man, you're you're the private individual who's got the business. Like, why are you expecting the city to come here and give you all this free stuff? Shouldn't you be the one who's trying to invest in your own club? But clearly, he's uh, he's he's pretty much got at this point no interest. I think he's made it pretty clear in, in staying in Columbus and will do whatever he has to do to move it. Which I don't know. That just bums me out, man. Dude, it totally bums me out. It's MLS is like a bad reality show, but like. You continue to watch it because I don't know because it's because <laughs> it's so bad. I don't know. You, you ever have those shows? You're like, why am I still watching this show? But, but I need to see how it ends. Yeah, it's so interesting to you, and a lot of your friends don't watch this show, but you try to convince them that they should, but they shouldn't because it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and that's the thing is it doesn't have to be like they're doing this to themselves, like. I don't understand why the league is going along with this because it seems like a really bad precedent to set, especially when you're asking owners to invest, you know, two, three hundred million dollars in expansion fees for these new teams, and then someone like Precourt can, you know, hop on in and buy a club for sixty million dollars, save a bunch of money, and then just oh, be like, oh, it? I'm actually just going to move it. So, <laughs> wow. I don't know. Seems like it's a bad precedent. It'll be um, interesting to see what happens with that. Yeah, and I know San Antonio because they were bidding for a new club. They're kind of like, whoa, wait a second! Like, you guys now seem like y'all knew that there was going to be a team moving to Austin. 
which means that we're probably not getting an expansion team. But you guys didn't tell us that, so we spent all this money buying all this land for a soccer stadium because we thought that's what you wanted, but apparently not. So there might be a suit from the city of San Antonio against MLS. So, I mean, this is going to be a mess that goes on for a long time, I bet, even after this is decided with what's happening with the crew. So huh. um, it's, it's it's not a good look, look for MLS. Not one bit. Um, so... All that is to say, I hope that the crew win and that Anthony Precourt has to accept MLS Cup in Columbus at Matfrey Stadium with 20,000 fans chanting Save the Crew at the same time. That'd because be that would make me happy. So, And those fans deserve it. Um, but, uh, and I mean, with all the, the history from the U.S. men's national team in Columbus, too, um, I mean, that's that's the birthplace of Dos Acero. It so, was. I mean, I... I that's a big deal man like that stadium is is a big deal to people yeah it'll uh it'll be interesting to see how that um plays out um speaking of men's national team did you i know it was only friendly but did you have any thoughts real quick on on what we saw against that friendly against portugal yeah just a couple i mean i don't want to touch on it too much i know we're kind of running out of time here too um you know i thought cj sapong did really well um, I, I don't know why Dom Dwyer was even there. Sorry. I don't either. I'm going to hate on him <laughs> again, but I, we've seen him play before. So what's the point of getting him up there again? I don't, I don't get it. Um, this should have been all new guys, but no, we had, didn't we have Bedoya up there too? Um, I don't remember if Bedoya was there. Uh, he might've been, I should have the roster. Yeah, I think he was man. Bedoya and Sapong, both from the union. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, but it's just, I mean, it's sure they played with you know poise and sense of urgency in the first half, and then second half everything just kind of went to crap. Probably around the time Dwyer got in the game, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, let's, <laughs> I, I think we should just always blame Dom for everything from now on. That's what let's I'm just, gonna do, man. Let's just make that our thing. I was late to work today. <laughs> Stupid Dwyer. She's dumb. Um, I mean, the good thing for me is there were a couple of kids. Weston McKinney, he scored yeah. a goal. He looked good. Um, he he gave me a little hope for the future. I agree with you. Tell there me his be... story in like five words. Where where's he from? What's he do? Uh, he plays over in uh, in the German Bundesliga for for Schalke. Oh, is he um, with Schalke? Schalke, there do you, you go. You don't yeah. watch the Bundesliga, do you? Look at me. No, I do. I'm a Dortmund fan. So oh, really? I'm sad today. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I I'm getting into the Bundesliga. Good, I, dude. I, it's a good yeah. one. I'm like I'm like a season and a half into watching it. I'm actually, as we speak, wearing my BVB sweatshirt. Cool. Uh, but yeah, no, he plays for Schalke. Uh, he came from uh, the FC Dallas uh, youth system. Gotcha. Um, He's been with Schalke for for a couple of years. He's made nine appearances. Uh, Sounds like a Dallas so guy. Weston yeah, McKinney. We- Weston McKinney. He's from Little Elm, Texas. Interesting. Um, this will make you feel old. He was born in 1998. Oh, good. Um, now we're gonna look up to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I mean, hey, that was his first cap with with the senior team. He's he's been with the U17s, U19s, U20s. So and um, got on the board. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's a heck of a way to start. Um, I would have liked to see like Timothy Weah out there. Yeah. Um, we couldn't see Sargent obviously because of his injury. Uh, but you know, I it was a different look than we had seen from the national team before. So it it the next four years are going to be probably really fun at times because it's just going to be a lot of learning and it's probably going to be painful at times because it's going to be there's going to be a lot of growing pains. Um, but Hey, it's the it's the start of a a new era. Um, unfortunately, Michael Bradley will probably continue to get booed every time he touches the ball, like he was tonight. <laughs> right. Um, but I don't know. It'll. I, I like I like someone like McKinney. I think he's you know when you got players like him and Pulisic, um, you'll 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 be doing pretty well for for the future. Yep. So we've got to rebuild we can find now. Find a find a friggin' keeper that can pick up a ball as it rolls. To his legs. <laughs> right. So, um, last thing before we go, real quick. Uh, I know 
you know, we'll just touch on this. A lot of soccer fans are, are sad because FC Kansas City is not a thing anymore, yeah. which is which is a bummer. That's uh, rough, they, man. They were one of the original NWSL teams, and they're couple-time champions. And uh, a lot of the, the ladies who were on that team when they started were still on that team, and, you know, now they're going to be relocated uh, to, to Salt Lake, Salt which Lake? kind of is just extra salt in the wounds, no pun intended. <laughs> I literally did that without thinking about it, but... Um, that's awesome. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just I feel bad Dude, for, for I'm them. sad for their fans. I know they didn't have a lot of them, but the people that did go supported the crap out of these ladies, and they would stick around and they would talk to the fans. They would sign soccer balls for little girls. I mean, little girls have probably looked up to these women. And yeah. on the other hand, I'm happy for the players that at least the team didn't fold, okay? They're not without a job. They're just moving. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, and that's true. And and to be honest, it's, I mean, kudos to Real Salt Lake. It's cool that they're going to have, like, a, a legit ownership group behind them. I know there were a lot of frustrations with the ownership group from FC Kansas City, um, this last season, the, the new ownership group that took over them wasn't doing a lot of investment or marketing or, or really anything. Um, so, you know, those, like you said, those ladies deserve to, to get um, the support of a legitimate ownership group. And, and hopefully they'll they'll get it. Unfortunately, it'll come from Salt Lake and not in Kansas City. Right. But, um, but let me ask you this. If, say, Sporting Kansas City leaves Kansas City, God forbid, are, are you still a fan of that team since they're no oh, longer yeah. a Kansas City team? Yeah. Really? I think so. I, I mean... I don't know. Well, I say that, and now I, I think about sort of, you know... It, I guess it would depend on how they did it and why they did it. Um, I don't know. I'm just kind of going back on what I said now. My first instinct was, yes, I would be. But now I'm, I'm, I'm kind of wondering if I would or if I'd harbor some bitter feelings. I, I just feel like Kansas City, you know, born and raised um, in the area, and I'm just like... I. I don't know. I think that's. I would have to. If there's not another team coming in, then I would probably just go be a fan of another team or something. Maybe like New York City or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's true. I guess uh, earthquake fans didn't didn't follow the earthquakes to Houston when they became uh, the Dynamo. They they waited it out and they got another earthquakes. Yeah, I mean, it's like football, man. I mean, did did the LA Rams like did they? You think they stayed St. Louis Rams fans? I mean, oh man, no, that's a good point. No, because you were I, in LA. I grew up in LA. Yeah. yeah, my dad hated the Rams. But now they're back, there. and is your dad a fan again? He's like indifferent. Yeah, like he'll watch them, but he, I, I think he still feels hurt. Like he always called them the goats, or like San, even call them the Rams. San Diego people, man, they kind of rode off the Chargers, most of them. Yeah, burning their jerseys and everything. So that's kind of where I'm at. I, I, so these FC Kansas City fans. I mean, you think they're gonna, you think they're gonna follow these girls and watch them play in Salt Lake? I, I just don't see that happening. Yeah, that's gonna be tough, um, especially because you know, it, it's it's already kind of difficult to get NWSL games sometimes on TV. Um, yeah, yeah so, it's on the Go 90 app or sometimes on Lifetime. Yeah, so it's gonna be just that much harder when they're when they're farther away. So it's it's just unfortunate. I think you're right. I feel most bad for the fans for the, for. The kids, the girls who looked up to them, um, to to have you know good models like they did, uh, to to show them that they could grow up and become professional soccer players, and it's cool to have that in your hometown. So it's just sad to see that come to a close. But, Absolutely. Uh, and I watched, you know, man. I tried to watch. I would stream it, and it's the only thing that I'd watch on Lifetime that didn't make me cry. You know. <laughs> yeah. No, I hear you. I've, <laughs> I've been there. So. Um, not very often. Right. And not by choice. But <laughs> you get sucked in, and you're like, man, this is really sad and emotional. It's a really great show about Oprah's life story. That's right. <laughs> um, so, well, hopefully one day NWSL will be back in Kansas City. That'd be nice. So, we'll see. But uh, any uh, any final thoughts for our good peeps well, shoot. that we haven't talked to for a couple weeks? We're back. I mean, we're back and rolling. And uh, if you stuck with us this long, thank you. Thank you very much. I mean, we're, uh, what are we, we're, this is like episode nine now, and nine. Uh, we, you know, we could always use more ratings and reviews on iTunes or, or Google Play, wherever you're listening to us. Um, you know, hit that five stars if you think we deserve it, and, and leave us a little note. I mean, tell, leave us something uh, specific to this episode, something you liked, something you didn't like. 
um, you know, are we are we losing our form after two weeks? Do we need to get back into it? You know, <laughs> um, shoot, and then you know, hit us up online. I know we're always trying to trying to engage something on Twitter and and get some banter going back and forth about different things. So at no yes, other sir. pod. At no other pod on Twitter. Uh, Twitter, if I could speak. <laughs> um, uh, like us on Facebook, No Other Pod. You can hit up uh, Dan on Twitter at Dan Couser. You can hit up me on Twitter at jcmax03. Uh, send us an email if you if you got a lot to say that doesn't fit into your brand shiny new 280 characters. You can send us as many characters as you want. We may not read it, but no, I'm kidding. We will. Uh, <laughs> no other pod at gmail.com. Um, so uh yeah we'd love to hear from you um but we we will be back next week so uh talking yeah, about gonna... talking about playoffs maybe giving some more uh playoffs well hey no we'll have to get, give a quick prediction prediction here man who who goes to mls cup final uh i i mean i don't see any way it's not toronto and seattle i i think you know <sighs> seattle's got their two goal lead still right now in the 67th minute as we're recording and that sucks I don't I don't see Columbus defeating Toronto at BMO once they get Giovinco and Altidore back. I hate that you're probably right. Like I, I my 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 head says that, but my heart wants the other one, and it's it will probably be Seattle and Toronto, and then yeah. Toronto wins without a single shot on goal. It's and everyone's mad. I'll be mad. Yeah. And I'll watch no it because I'm a sucker and I I love this reality show. Yeah. And then Canada's happy, and that's annoying. Ah, oh, blame Canada. So, yeah, that's right. They're not even a real country anyway. Do you know that? No, it's America's hat. <laughs> so, on, well, on show, that man. note, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll call it quits there, I guess. So, uh, I'm Jimmy. He's Dan. Y'all have a happy Thanksgiving. Safe travels if you're going anywhere, and we'll be back with you next week. See, See you ya. guys. <laughs> Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.